Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession. It's a young man's guy. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Frank Aron here. Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. It's Tuesday, October 11th, 2016. Just uh, wrapped up week five last night with that uh, atrocious Carolina-Tampa game. And uh, now we're going to week six. So let's uh, head out to Vegas, give Rob a call, and check in and see how he's doing. Crabber, how you doing? What's going on? I'm doing all right. Uh, another beautiful day out here in sunny Las Vegas, so enjoying it. Yeah, I'm sure it's a little nicer. I'm up in Fargo again for work, and it's about uh, 40 degrees and windier than hell and sleeting right now, so um, I'm a little jealous of you there weather-wise. I actually got a call from Timmy. He said he wanted, you were thinking about selling your house, our house here in, at Ridgewood and moving up to Fargo. Oh, good one. I uh, <laughs> don't think that's in the plans, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but uh, how did uh, Week 5 treat you? Pretty good. Uh, it... Uh, couple games there, or I guess one game specifically that I released, that that Rams game, which didn't come through, uh, although definitely didn't feel too bad about that game. I released that kind of late there on Sunday before the game started, but otherwise I had three winners with uh, with Detroit in the over, and uh, and also got Tennessee home, which is also my best bet, so uh, those were a little, little lucky, I guess, on the Detroit game, but I think that was definitely the right side from when they got came, jumped out to that big lead there in the first half and kind of almost just gave it away. But don't feel too bad about my bets altogether. So yeah, three and one, three and one weekend. How about yourself? Yeah, you can't you can't beat that. Anytime you can turn a profit, and especially at three and one. Um, I ended up a, a slight winner on the week. I uh, my official plays, I ended up going three, three one and one. But uh, my only bugaboo there was the. Uh, I had a two-unit play on Chicago, which uh, was also, unfortunately, my AS pick of the week last week that didn't quite get there in uh, ridiculous fashion. Then I'll probably end up ranting about it a little bit when we get to either the Bears or the Coles. I don't know which one here coming up in the, the week six slate. So I ended up turning a little bit of a profit, and then overall my personal bets I ended up making some money too. But it's frustrating when a, a game lines up uh, perfectly and you're uh, – think you're seeing it pretty clearly and then you know uh, turnover here and uh random fumble balance here kind of does you in there and uh, at the end of the day but you know that's football that's uh, a good lesson to take out of it is you know no matter how confident you feel in any any one outcome or you know that's uh it's still a game where of a odd shaped ball where it can bounce one way or another and totally shift a game so you know no matter how confident you feel before a game starts make sure you uh you know, you don't have your risk or exposure too high in any one instance because anything can happen. Yep, definitely. So, um, anyway, let's uh, get right to it then. And uh, and the f- first of all, I should mention the there's two teams on by here in week six. You got uh, the Vikings and the, the Buccaneers. 
And uh, so there's what four teams I think on a bye last week, and now they went back down to two. That's kind of interesting little scheduling quirk there. I'm not totally sure why that they did that that way, but I'm always in favor of more games here, so it's nice to only have two teams on bye. Um, quickly, I was going to say the with the Vikings being on bye now, they're five and zero. I saw a few different power rankings today that have had them had the Vikings first on ESPNs and. Uh, and then they had them third on, I think it was Yahoo's I saw. So obviously as big Vikings fans uh, as we are, have a little, uh, just a little touch of, of Homer Vikings stock here. So if you had to, uh, just out of curiosity, I'll, I'll go first while uh, you kind of pondered a little bit. But if you had to uh, rank your top five teams in the league right now, what uh, how would you go about ranking them? I think for me... As good as the Vikings have been, and even though they're the only undefeated team, I mean, I think we'd both agree that records are way overrated in terms of how you actually, you know, quantify how good a team is or, or value them going forward. So I think, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're decent to look at as like a, a vague guide to, to judge teams, but definitely not even close to the end-all be-all in terms of how good the quality of a team actually is. So for me... I think I'd put at the top right now, uh, New England. I think it's kind of tough to uh, to go against them with with Brady back now. I think as a team, they just look pretty solid, and I I think their defense is obviously a little bit worse than the Vikings, but I just have way more faith that uh, they'll be consistent in there at the end. And then I'd say the Vikings will be my second team, and then I would actually put uh, I think I put Pittsburgh three, and then four. I guess I would probably put the Packers, even though I'm a little bit worried about their defense right now. But I think that could probably fix itself going forward somewhat. And then, of course, you still got Rodgers there. And then I'd say fifth, I, uh, I'd probably go with Seattle would be my number five because I, uh, I think their offensive line could really hold them back. But I still think the defense is there, obviously, and then, you know, Wilson and Carroll are both pretty solid. So I think that'd be my top five. What, uh, how would you rate them? Yeah, and I had it in there before you even said anything. I uh, kind of thinking to myself, but I would have for sure New England one, and I think I put Pittsburgh at two, Vikings at three, and then four and five. I'm, I'm, I don't, know, I don't like this. I don't think this Packer team is as good as other. I'm a little, little bit lower on the Packer team, so I mean, I would. Not saying I'd put them outside the top five, but to me it's just like a hodgepodge of between the Packers, Cowboys, Falcons, Broncos, and Seattle, and that you know the next four or five spots there. And to be honest, I really, I mean, I come up with something, but I really don't have any feel any confident putting those next two in there just out of those five. No, yeah, that's fair. I was just kind of uh, curious to get your take on it. I don't that I completely agree that it's kind of a a plateau there where it drops down and. Uh, and after that, yeah, was, I wouldn't be surprised at all if any of those that you mentioned jumped up above to the to the fourth spot, or you know, if if one of either Green Bay or Seattle fell way off here in the near future. And I even so, throw the Eagles in there, I think, because you probably have to do that too, because I could see them for sure being a top five team by the end of the year if they keep playing the way they did in the start of the week. Although I'm not completely sold on them, but I wouldn't be super shocked either. Yep. So all right, I was just uh, curious to hear your take on that. Now let's uh, get to the games now. So we got a. Uh, Another Thursday nighter to start off the slate here with uh, Denver going to San Diego. And uh, for this one, my guess for the line 
was Denver minus three. I wasn't sure exactly where to go with it, so I just put it at a flat three. And uh, the one other note on this game is uh, it looks like Simeon's likely going to be the quarterback here for Denver. So they had Paxton Lynch, uh, the rookie, in there to last week and then finishing the game a couple weeks ago. And now it looks like uh, Simeon will likely be back behind center. So um, make of that what you will there for Denver. But what uh, what do you have this game at? Yeah, this one I guess Denver at two and a half. Um, I'm not sure. I think this was with a Simeon line, but I know it was kind of still when I did it Sunday after the afternoon games. I'm not sure exactly what the status was, but I think it was kind of assumed Simeon was going to play. Um, and my power rating for this game, I had uh, Denver minus one and a half, and the Westgate opened this game at Denver minus two and a half, and uh, the look ahead was where you had it at Denver minus three. So, and then now it's getting some money, uh, and quite a bit of money actually on on Denver. Um, going up to, I see some threes with juice towards Denver and some three and a halves. Um, so, uh, yeah, Denver is taking some money on the road here. Um, I don't know. This is a another Thursday game. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. What do you feel about this one? I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that Denver's taking the money uh, on the road like that. Like, obviously, the I don't want to overreact to them kind of getting thrashed by. Atlanta last week because it is just one game and they're four and zero and and what have you and San Diego, of course, lost again to Oakland last week and pretty high scoring uh, shootout. So I am kind of surprised Denver's taking money just because there is a little bit of question with the quarterback situation yet. And last week I really didn't think it or you know I really didn't thought it, <laughs> I didn't think it mattered all that much. That uh, what, regardless of whether it was Simeon or Lynch, but um, Lynch just looked kind of he looked pretty uncomfortable in the pocket last week. So I'd I'd be a little bit more hesitant to back him just because we've had one pretty good performance and one pretty bad performance from him. So I don't I think it's a complete stay away with him in the game because you're just not really sure what to what to expect and with Simeon and I, I mean I, I still like Denver a decent amount as a team, but. I think when you're talking about more than a field goal on the road and these wonky Thursday night games, I, I lean towards the Chargers because they have been losing games in, you know, ridiculous fashion for the most part. But they've been ahead, I think, in every game in, in the fourth quarter or, or close to, and they've just been losing them at the last second in ridiculous ways. So when you're talking about that, you know, they really haven't been getting blown out, so you're getting more than a field goal at home. That's probably the way I'd look, but I don't feel confident, and you know, neither of us like betting these Thursday games, so probably be one that I'm just going to be on the sidelines on, but uh, we'll see if the line continues to creep up. It might at some point be hard to, to lay off the Chargers. Yeah, if it does, like my power rating was Denver 1.5, now it's already at 3.5, so if it, yeah, if it does creep up anymore, I would be, might get on the Chargers, but yeah, I don't I don't like Denver much here uh, on the road, laying points like this, especially from a somewhat shaky performance last week, uh, specifically their defense. I mean, it was obviously an Atlanta team that was pretty high, but they were expected to kind of shut them down, but they didn't really do any of that. Yeah, so this would be one just uh, stay tuned and check in on uh, Thursday there at aroundsports.com and see if either one of us releases one of the plays on our plays page. But uh, the only thing I think uh, you could really expect from either of us would be a uh, San Diego bet if the number gets up there. So onto the uh, onto the Sunday games here. Start with the early games. We got Cincinnati at New England. Um, Cincinnati 
coming off uh, a game against Dallas there where they just really didn't look good. And New England, with Brady back, blew out the Browns. So this is uh, an interesting one here. I guessed uh, I had New England minus 7.5 was my guess. What about you? This one I had New England minus 6 is my guess. And uh, what I thought the game should be, the power rating was New England minus 6.5. That opened right where you had it at seven and a half New England, and the look ahead was New England minus seven. Um, with this one, that's why I kind of I wasn't sure what the market to feel about Cincinnati because I've been low on Cincinnati pretty much from week one, and it looks like maybe the market's finally kind of realizing where Cincinnati should be, uh, catching up to where I'm thinking. So it doesn't surprise me a whole lot. And um, but yeah, it's kind of collapsed on the whole market's collapsed on Cincinnati a decent amount. And obviously, everyone liked what. They see with New England and Brady and everything, which is kind of hard to argue. Uh, as a result, uh, New England's taking a decent amount of money now, up to eight and a half, and even seeing some nines out there, nines and a half. So it's um, which uh, if it gets a ten, I'm going to be all over Cincinnati, I guess. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, my original thought on this game was, you know, right in the six or six and a half, like you were kind of going with, and then I just thought to myself, if if I'm a bookmaker. And I throw anything under a touchdown out there, you know, where's the money going to come in? And, you know, people just, you know, are cutting in line to get to the window to try to get their money down on New England. So I yeah, figured I'd, yeah, I figured I'd just throw it a point, point and a half higher than I thought. And this, sadly, I'm still too low compared to what the market's thinking here up at nine, nine and a half. So I think our thoughts are fairly similar on this one, too. I don't, I don't know if I'm, I really want to step in front of New England here with, with Brady back for the first time at home. Because I think there will definitely be a, you know, somewhat of a fu effort to Goodell and try to stick it to somebody, and Cincinnati just hasn't really been all that impressive. I uh, ended up cashing against them with uh, Dallas last week, and uh, I was, I think you know, they were pretty pretty well dominated, even though there was a lot of sharp support for them last week. The the line went pretty heavily in their favor, and they just kind of came out flat and. They fought back a little bit, but I just I'm not really impressed with them that much as a as a team. So I think uh, you know at ten points though is you know, talking double digits with a team that is you know considered somewhat quality of a team still is you know kind of hard to pass up. So we'll we'll see where the if the line gets up there. I probably end up jumping on the Bengals, but uh, I really like I said I'm not in in a whole lot of hurry to to fade the the Patriots either so the uh, next game we got is Baltimore at the Giants Uh, and this one I guessed the Giants by two what did you have I had this one at a pick Uh, my power rating is Giants minus one and it looks like the Westgate opened it and the look ahead both were uh, the Giants three uh, even money so you know two and a half three somewhere in there um so you, you were closer on that one, but it's uh, yeah, I don't know. This is a two teams I don't really want to be betting a whole lot. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I've kind of the Giants. I thought it might show up against the Vikings. They didn't. I thought they might show up against the Packers. They didn't. Uh, and the Packers really. We can get to that one when we get to the Packers, I guess. But uh, I haven't seen really anything from them, and uh, I don't know. I, I don't really like Baltimore a whole lot either. Uh, the one thing with them is they did fire their offensive coordinator with uh your boy mark tressman uh, and they're moving up uh, marty martin wig 
So that will be one thing with even that's what Buffalo did a couple, you know, what was it, three weeks ago, and that kind of sparked their offense a little bit. So, I mean, there's a chance that something like that could happen because I think Flacco could potentially. But, I mean, I'm not going to be, you know, rushing the window to be betting that. But I don't know if I really want to be laying points with the Giants either. So I mean, this is kind of hard. I, th- I think for me, if I'm going to look any way of this game, I think I look towards the total. And I would probably – I don't really like the, like the whole offensive coordinator look. That doesn't really – if anything, that might you know spark their offense a little bit, but with that, I don't think it's going to make a huge difference. But I do like the total a decent amount. At, at I can find some 44 and a half right now. I like the under a decent amount for that, just because I haven't seen the, both these offenses have basically just have been non-existent. And uh, I know the defenses aren't great, but uh, I don't. I, I just yeah, I'd lean under I guess, and and uh, maybe small lean towards Baltimore, but I don't know if I'll be betting either one of them before game time. Yeah, I was going to quick question here for you. What uh... Which team do you trust more backing at, at this moment? Just For, in a vacuum, yeah. not not in this game, but just in a vacuum. Uh, honestly, I uh, it's that's tough. Like, are you talking about with no points at all? Yeah, or, just saying, just saying. If I'm saying, like, regardless of situation, you don't really know point spread, but say it's just equal. Like, neither of them are extremely attractive. It's just market value. And someone says here, but you got to bet your life on one of these two teams. Which one do you have more confidence is going to pull it through for you? I I guess I'd probably go Baltimore because I like their coaching. So, like I think whatever Harbaugh is a better coach, uh, but yeah, than McAdoo and coach and the coaching staff and everything. And and Flacco is I think somewhat more consistent. But I I think the upside is probably more on the Giants. They got some more star players and Manning has a higher ceiling. But yeah, if you, if you're going to give you know gun to head or whatever, I'd probably say Baltimore. Yeah, what well, would you say? I say first, let's cross our fingers and hope that scenario doesn't play out here. But uh, I actually, I'd echo the same thoughts. I'd, I think the Giants have a higher ceiling. If I was going to bet like a future to win the Super Bowl, which I'm, I very rarely do anyway, and I don't like either of these teams really, I would I'd rather put a future like that on them. But if you're talking about at this very moment, I feel like yeah, Denver. Or I mean, uh, Baltimore's defense along with the coaching staff, could kind of hold them in games and maybe steal one. But I'm really not impressed with either of these teams. And yeah. uh, I was kind of high on the Giants coming into the year. Not, like, really high, but I I gave them a little bit of credit. And they have been against two pretty hard, you know, the, the Vikings and the Packers in back-to-back primetime games. So maybe you cut them a little bit of a, a break for that. But they also lost to Washington before that. And I'm just really not over, overly impressed with their uh, complete resume here this season. So I'll potentially be looking to back them in the future but i don't really have any interest in laying a full field goal with them and uh i also just don't trust baltimore's offense basically at all to to score if the giants happen to start scoring so for me it's uh i i I could a little bit agree with your under but uh i just don't really have a whole lot of interest in this game either way and the thing interesting thing i think with the giants is i think they'd be a point or two better, I would think, just with Tom Coughlin. I think he was a way better coach than, than McAdoo, uh, personally, but I don't know. It's, uh, I guess I just don't like – the team doesn't look, doesn't look like they're going in the right direction to me. Um, but, yeah, I guess we'll see see how the year pers- uh, progresses for him. Yeah, in my opinion, I don't really have an opinion on McAdoo yet. I think the jury's still kind of out. Uh, based on the results, I you know I don't give him a whole lot of credit yet. and. Um, even like that New Orleans game they won in week two, they barely snuck by that. And so I don't know. Well, yeah, we'll see. But uh, I I would tend to agree that uh, it doesn't seem like he's been an upgrade from Coughlin really. Where some people were thinking the Coughlin's messes were just kind of wearing out with being there as long as he had, and 
getting some new a new voice and some new blood in there was really gonna you know kind of jumpstart them. But as we uh, as we know, that hasn't really been the case yet. So maybe uh, maybe this will be the week. But uh, I don't think either of us will be uh, too financially involved here, regardless. So um, the next game up here we got is uh, Carolina at New Orleans. And uh, it looks like there's not a whole lot of numbers up right now based on uh, Cam Newton's availability. He's uh, out last week with the uh, concussion symptoms, and Derek Anderson was in there as a backup. And I, uh, I'll admit I only saw bits and pieces of this game. I just I wasn't involved in it financially, and I really wasn't all that interested. From what I did see, it was just pretty sloppy and poorly played, and uh, I don't – I don't really upgrade Tampa a whole lot, and I don't know, you know, I don't know what you'd do with Derek Anderson. It's uh, night and day from from Cam Newton in there. So I just uh, obviously Carolina's got some got some concerns, but uh, anyway, I guess uh, my guess on this one was Carolina minus one, but that was I really didn't. I thought that was Derek Anderson in there, and I don't, I don't think we really know yet. But what did you have on that? This one I made mine with the Derek Anderson as well. Uh, I made this after the afternoon games. I made New Orleans minus one and a half, which uh, I, I just don't have a whole lot of faith in Derek Anderson moving that offense. Uh, my power rating I had it as a pick, uh, and there's obviously no lineup, and there was no look ahead either. Um, and I did make a note that uh, me personally, I think that Cam's worth about five points to this team. So it's, if with a healthy Cam, I'd make this line at about you know whatever three and a half four uh, without it. And like I said, one one and a half somewhere in there. So, um, I, and judging by the markets from last week, uh, it, it was for this money for the Monday night game. It was kind of strange because according to what it was opened and from when they ruled out Cam, the look ahead from when they had Cam in there compared to when they ruled him out and put in Derek Anderson, uh, judge market alone. I mean, there could have been external factors, but it basically was saying that Newton was worth about a point and a half or something like that, which I know is not completely the case, but even that, um, I think he's definitely worth quite a bit to this team. Uh, so even though he hasn't been playing that good, but it, he's you know played pretty phenomenal last year. So people jump off the bandwagon this quick or you know think that he's a terrible quarterback or not that big of a deal to his team that quickly. I think is a little bit overreaction to me. So not that I'm not to say that I'm going to be involved in this game with, just because I don't like what Carolina's been doing, but I think he's definitely going to help spark their offense, whether that they win or not. It's a different story, but yeah, uh, I'd say that. A majority of that last week was the the people just being dis, just really disappointed and not wanting to back the Bucks much based on their last couple efforts, and then also thinking that Carolina's got to bounce back. So I'd say that obviously, I mean, you, you did you mentioned that that it wasn't just like he's worth a point and a half because there, there are other factors involved in that. So I'd say the majority of that difference was due to other other factors. But to your point. If the market isn't properly assessing how much he's how what his value is to him because he has been a little rocky this year, then based on you know a four game sample size, if uh, the markets are overreacting that and undervaluing um, him when he does come back and if he starts playing well, um, you could get a you know a point or two of value for a couple weeks on um, on a Cam Newton led Panthers team. So that's something to look for uh, in the next couple weeks here going forward. And the interesting part too is he got a lot of money. I think it was a lot of public money from what I heard. Uh, the Monday night game at Carolina got bet up. And uh, the, the or before the week, not before game time, but all week basically or whatever, the weekend. And which is kind of usually the, the public's going to bet on teams that lose a big co- key, co- key quarterback like that. So that's kind of very bet, abnormal. Bet against, 
Yeah, they're against, against, against yeah, yeah, bet against uh, teams that lose big quarterbacks. So, you know, last case, but I know Tampa Bay's last night was a really te- bad team that no one's going to be wanting to bet on, so that might have something to do with it as well, but still kind of doesn't make a whole lot of sense just from past trends. Yeah, yeah, just to piggyback your point there, usually you can basically look at a top five quarterback in the league or an MVP candidate or whatnot, and if he's out for a game, you can expect to get an extra point or two of value on betting on that team because your average person is going to look and say, oh, wow, you know, whatever, Tom Brady's out. I'm going to go and bet against the Patriots because, you know, out of that backup, you know, it's got to be way worse than he is. And then they'll usually get bet a point or two too much the other way, and you can wait and get some value back on that team. So it was very strange in that Monday night game that the the public was the one that was backing Carolina really heavily with the absence of Newton. It wasn't uh, Sharps taking advantage of an overreaction. And I think the, um, I, I, want to, I want to add to that real quick because I think it's pretty important or a key point that's – some people might find interesting, but when you, when, you know, something happens in a key injury like that, like, you know, Brady or whether it be Cam Newton, if, you know, you're going to the window thinking, oh, I'm going to bet on this, it's like, you didn't make money off it because of this injury or whatever. If the market's already going to, you know, accommodate for that or, you know, adjust for that injury or something like, you know, whatever it be, whether it be, you know, rain for an under total or, you know, if it's going to be a sloppy game, anything like that, like, that's going to be pretty common knowledge Rick so you basically have to find something that it's not going to be adjusted properly in the markets so is where you can find value so just, you can't just find something like oh I'm going to bet it on this like well no I'm most likely if it's something big like that it's going to already be properly adjusted in yeah. the market and unless you have an inside information source somewhere yeah. that lets yeah. you know that hey this guy's you know he's trying to play through it but he's actually way more hurt than he's letting on so jump on him now or you know bet against him now before it's announced and then you could even wait till it's announced and the market over, you know, reacts one way where it should and then even overreacts and you come back and bet the other side for a middle if if you have a way of knowing that or you know sometimes even you know on Twitter I'm following people and constantly you know gathering um, information sometimes you'll see something broke immediately and you know the the bookmakers are you know really quick to to get information and to, to update based on it but there's still sometimes you know where there's a minute or two where if you happen to be right there you can get a you can get a betting quick before they either move the market or they take it off the board before they re-put it back up and if you can get a bet down right then you could basically if the if the news is big enough you can almost get a bet down blind immediately and then wait until they come back up with the market and then you can decide what you want to do with that better number but more often than not to your point people aren't there for that immediate um you know, take take the value immediately, and they wait till after the market adjusts, and then they come in and bet the the information when it's already completely accounted for, and they're just making a you know a standard bet where they think they're having an edge, and they really don't. Mm-hmm. So, okay, um, yeah, I think that's uh, enough on that game since there's not even really a number on the board, but I think that is a um, a good point to to drive home there. Um, the next game up we got is Pittsburgh at Miami. Um, and this one, I had Pittsburgh minus six was my guess. Yeah, it's kind of in that no man's range too. I had Pittsburgh minus four and a half. My my power ratings for this game, I had Pittsburgh minus five. And the open was uh, at the Westgate at Pittsburgh minus seven, full touchdown there. Uh, and then the look ahead from the week before was Pittsburgh minus four. So that just goes to show you how big of a reaction change between Pittsburgh and Miami there. Uh, Miami's kind of just collapsing, and even now there's been even more money moving in on Pittsburgh. Uh, seven and a half and eight's popping. So, um, which I don't really 
I can't really blame them with what we've seen from Pittsburgh and how awful Miami's looked pretty much all season, and that's why I had a pretty easy cash against um, you know Tennessee against Miami there last week and my best bet and uh, my AS pick of the week. So uh, Miami, maybe people are finally catching up to see Miami's really not that good of a team. Uh, but, I mean, I'm not you're not going to see me laying eight points on the road with a a team team like that or pretty much any team on the road like this. So I don't it's either Miami again or pass taking the points uh, just out of principle pretty much. I agree with the first part. I think uh, I, I like Pittsburgh. I really dislike Miami. I have basically the whole year, and uh, but you're not you're not gonna, I'm not going to be laying seven and a half eight points on the road, um, especially when one team's the team favorite on the road's off a blowout win at home where they look really good and the couple dogs, blowout wins, right? Yeah, a couple blowout wins, and then. Uh, you got a Miami team that basically couldn't have looked worse for almost the whole season, and particularly last week, getting blown out at home or you know handled pretty easily, and now they're catching more than a touchdown at home, and they're not, you know, by far the worst team in the league, even though they are pretty bad. It's just there's you can't convince me that's going to be a profitable wager betting on Pittsburgh in this situation uh, over the over the long haul. So I'd potentially be like i mentioned last week with pittsburgh when it was right around the seven and a half number you could tease them down to one and a half as part of a two-team teaser and um you know that's potentially one way to attack this game because uh, i don't i don't have any interest in back in miami right now uh, i just i uh, i, I want to see a little something from a little spark a little friskiness from them before i really get involved with them because i've been i was down on them coming into the year and they've even underwhelmed me for what my low expectations were so I, uh, you know, they'll probably have a step up to to performance here. They'll look good a week, some week. So maybe it'll be this week, but uh, it's hard to imagine them beating Pittsburgh outright. But I also, I like, I like teasing teams a lot better at home from the seven and a half down to to one and a half, just to basically win the game, than I do teasing them on the road like this because you never know um, what could happen on the, on the road as opposed to home. So. Um, I'd probably, wanna, uh, yep. I just want to say, I also want to add that I think um, I do like the under a decent amount in this game. Um, so I'm taking a good look at that. Uh, it's right now it's at kind of open at like 48 and a lot, some shops offshore. The little sharper books are down to like 47 and there's some still some 48s around. So more, I, I might actually look into this a little bit more after the podcast and, and won't be surprised if I release a play on the under uh, 48 here in this Miami-Pittsburgh game. Just based on Miami's bad offense, or what's the driving factor behind your logic there? Yeah, bad offense, and I, I mean, Pittsburgh is basically, you can't buy any higher stock for their offense right now, uh, so I I think that'll kind of settle out of here a little bit, and they might have a little bit of, this is a game that, you know, this is a game that they're not sitting there circling on their schedule saying, you know, we got to go out and, you know, show, show what we got here. This is a game like, oh, we're going to, they're not going to, I don't think they're going to get their maximum amount of effort compared to other games that they would be playing. Yeah, just so, business trip, go out there, get yeah. the job done. And, and, you know, they might call the dogs off decently early if they do. So, I mean, that's why I don't want to lay big points. And I do kind of see a – I could see – I won't be surprised if we see a little bit slightly sloppy of a game from Pittsburgh here and maybe a little bit of spark from Miami. Uh, slightly not – not don't get me wrong, not a huge spark, but just a little bit where it would be a, a shorter competitive game and not necessarily a defensive battle, but, you know, kind of some you – a know, few fluky plays that it might – and I don't know, I just – so I'm, I'm, I'll be looking at the under. I'm going to look into it a little bit more after the podcast, like I said, but I, I do like the under a decent amount as of right now. Yeah, and 48 is a fairly high total for Miami game, so I can uh, understand where you're coming from there. But um, so the next game we got up is uh, 
Jacksonville at Chicago. Uh, I had Chicago one and a half in this game. Uh, this game I had at a pick uh, for my guess and my power rating. And it looks like the open was Chicago minus two, and that was a look ahead as well. Um, so kind of just in that dead range a little bit, uh, right where you had it, um, between a pick and a field goal. Uh, I don't know. With this game, I, I don't really like Chicago a whole lot, but Jacksonville is coming off the bye, which isn't a huge deal. I you know, maybe adjusted about a half a point for coming off a bye like that, and I don't think Chicago's home field advantage is a ton. So I'd say, you know, whatever. I think these teams are – pretty equal uh maybe slight slight nod to jacksonville and then you put in the i mean i think yeah somewhere in that pick one and a half range but now i'm seeing some chicago two and a half and even up some three with uh juice towards the the dog so um i don't really know where to look with this game but i don't know i don't feel too confident laying a a field goal or two and a half with chicago at home but Mm. i don't know if i feel really confident uh back in jacksonville either yeah I, i don't upgrade jacksonville much from that win in London against uh, Indy a couple weeks ago. No. And uh, then I don't, like you said, I don't upgrade them much off the bye because I, I just, you know, didn't seem like a great spot to be going in a bye. And uh, I don't trust their coaching staff really to get them squared away and have them coming out fired out and well prepared for this game. And, uh, but at the same time, you know, I lost a uh, two unit play last week on uh, Chicago and, uh, in a game where I've full well thought they were the right side, they were in it. They I, were... I kind of thought Indy was the right side there personally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good one. <laughs> and they, uh, they're basically winning most of the game, or not necessarily most. They're not necessarily winning most of the game, but they're right in there covering. And uh, the Chicago kicker, what did he, he miss at least once, maybe twice, and then late in the game, you're you know getting five and or four and a half or whatever you ended up getting, and. They're uh, down three with the ball, and then with five minutes left, whatever it was, and then they do the one thing you can't do to turn it or to uh, not cover that game in that situation, and that's turn it over deep in your own zone and uh, let them score off of it before they can eat too much of the clock away. And of course, that's right what they do. So I uh, I don't trust Chicago. I, I mean, I have no interest in laying points with Chicago. That, basically, no matter who they're playing. So um, I think if it gets up to three. Uh, with with no juice, you know, just a standard 110, I'd be a little interested in taking some Jacksonville, but I, uh, you know, I'm, I wouldn't be in love with it either. I'd probably do it a strict value play in my opinion, but uh, I don't feel really strongly about this one either way. Yeah, and I don't know. I, kind of, my original thought was a little bit uh, small lean towards the over, but I don't know. Uh, the more I look at it and, and break it down, I don't really like this total a whole lot either in the side, so... I'm kind yeah. of with you on the Jacksonville, but we'll kind of just wait and see where the market takes us. But definitely right now, it's a stay away. Yeah, I don't think there's any, any really any one component of that game that I totally trust either. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. Well, the next game up is San Francisco at Buffalo. I had Buffalo minus six and a half in this one. Yeah, I had Buffalo minus four and a half, and my power rating is Buffalo minus three and a half. And then after I kind of did that and saw the number, uh, which was the Westgate Open, Buffalo minus 7.5, I thought it was a little high off first thought, but the more I thought about it, it kind of makes sense. So I'm, it seems a little high, but then again, I'm like, well, do I really want to be taking San Francisco and just like on the road like this? And Buffalo looks halfway looked halfway decent, but I'm not going to – I don't want to be back in Buffalo, but 
Uh, so anyway, um, it, it, I guess it kind of makes sense that not a whole lot of people are going to be betting San Francisco, I don't think, especially from the, the public. Um, and then I guess the look ahead, too, is Buffalo minus seven. So um, I don't know. This is a game. Uh, I, Kaepernick's now ruled in as a quarterback, which I think that's a slight upgrade personally, um, I don't, or at least a little bit higher of a ceiling, and, and maybe it'll give a little bit of a spark to a team that's just not that good, uh, a little bit of false you know, sense of, Getting, you know, doing a little bit better, but uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens, but it's kind of just another another game that's not too interesting or too exciting to watch from a fan perspective. Yeah, I would uh, I would agree with that sentiment. I think I basically thought the same thing when we first saw the game as I was thinking, you know, six, six and a half, somewhere in there, and then when I saw the uh, line up above seven, I was like, oh, that seems like a lot, but then I'm like, well, do I really have any interest in backing San Francisco, and uh, the answer was no there, even with a couple extra days to prepare off the Thursday night game. I'm still just, you know, not a believer in San Fran. The one note is they did uh, they did announce that Kaepernick is going to be the starter um, this week, so that'll be kind of interesting to see, you know, how that compares to, to Blaine Gabbard there behind center. But uh, when it comes down to it, I, I think San Francisco is just a really bad team, and I think Buffalo – they didn't. Uh, they didn't necessarily like. They what did they win last week by like fourteen or some something like that against the Rams? Thirteen. Yeah. 13? yeah. And I don't think they necessarily played well enough to um, really, you know, justify um, winning that game by thirteen points. I thought it was a pretty evenly played game, and I thought the final score was pretty misleading. So um, I don't really, I don't have an upgrade at Buffalo a lot, even though they won a couple games here. But uh, like I said, I just have not a lot of interest in backing San Francisco right now. So it's a fairly easy stay away from me. And yeah, the, I haven't really had any opinions on these totals. So if uh, if I do, I'll I'll mention it here. But uh, so yeah, that's uh, yeah. I have a I have a slight lean to the under. Uh, I can see right now I'm seeing some 44s or 45. There's actually 45 out there. I see. Um, so I have, a, I have a small lean to the under. I don't know if I'm going to get there with a, to the window or not, but I, I potentially could be for a kickoff. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. You get something else on? Yeah, well, I, I guess I'll just wait until the Rams. I was going to say something similar, but I'll just wait because that's the next game coming up. All right. Sounds good. Um, yeah, the next – actually, it's the very next game in line. We got the, uh, the Rams at Detroit. And uh, my guess on this one was Detroit minus two and a half. Yeah, this one I had Detroit minus three. Uh, my power ratings I had right where you had it, Detroit minus two and a half. The open was uh, Detroit minus three and a half, and the look ahead was Detroit minus three, even money, or plus 100. So, um, I mean, Detroit obviously gets a little bit of a bump just from the last week's performance against Philadelphia. And I was on Detroit, like I mentioned. Uh, but it was kind of a, a game where they looked pretty impressive the first half, and then they showed absolutely nothing the, the second half, really. So um, even though they, you know, they did come away with that game, but um, I think they had plenty of you know problems they can address there and stuff from just you know not showing anything like that second half, like I mentioned. But uh, right now the market's still at you know three with juice towards Detroit or three and a half with juice towards the dogs. So uh, not a ton of movement. Uh, I do want to mention that, that like like Frank said last week with the uh, Rams and Buffalo, that I, I was on the Rams there late, but it, yeah, the score is pretty deceiving. There's almost two touchdown difference, but 
there's just a few fluky plays. Uh, that that one turnover that led to uh, touch or the pick six, I guess I should say, uh, which is you know, Keem's just a, not the best quarterback, but still that was a little bit of a fluky play. Uh, and then on top of that, they had that fake punt, which they were kind of just had to do it because they were stuck in their own zone. Or I think it was like on the 35, 40 yard line. They just kind of did it out of desperation mode, and it turned into uh, they didn't they didn't get it, and that turned into points too. So like he said, it just pretty deceiving if you're just looking at the box score. But I watched every second of that game, and yeah, it was not it was pretty evenly matched the whole time. It just kind of looked bad at the end. But uh, as for uh, this game perspective, I don't have a I, I would look towards the Rams uh, again. Uh, I think they might have kind of got a little undervalued after the last week's performance, and Detroit maybe a little bit slightly overvalued. Uh, but more so, I, I did already put a play in on uh, Sunday afternoon on Detroit Rams over uh, 43 and a half. So I like that a decent amount. So we'll see uh, where that happens. Although the first market reactions don't look too good on that. So hopefully it uh, moves my way uh, down later in the week. But I guess we'll see. Yeah, my uh, I was on Detroit um, last week and ended up getting there against Philadelphia uh, along with you. But uh, I didn't feel... I didn't feel that the, I mean they they did they jumped out to that lead and basically held on for dear life, but I didn't come away super impressed with them by any means. They could have very easily uh, lost the game and potentially even the cover there late, but uh, went through through the interception to end up sealing it for them. So they ended up getting the money, but uh, I didn't walk away from that thinking that uh, you know upgrading Detroit a whole lot and the Rams. I didn't have anything on last week or Buffalo. I just was a spectator in that one, and I uh, didn't didn't come away thinking a whole lot less of the Rams than I did going into that one. So the fact that uh, it seems like Detroit's getting a little bit of an extra bump here this week is, uh, you know, is kind of unwarranted in my opinion. So I, I did take a little three and a half of the Rams um, here earlier today. And uh, I think that's a pretty good bet. I could, I could, you know, Detroit could easily win the game, but it's hard to imagine to me they're going to, win by a margin here and uh so i think the rams with that defense and you know obviously you know keenum could uh could submarine you but uh i just uh i think it's going to be a close game so i'm uh i'm on the rams here a little bit okay next game we got is uh we got cleveland at tennessee so this should be a aesthetically a really fun one a couple sexy teams here um i got uh Tennessee, wow, Tennessee, like, I, I, my guess was seven. What would you have? I had Tennessee minus five and a half, my guess. Uh, my power ratings I had for this game was Tennessee four and a half. And I, I assumed that Kessler was going to be playing here, which I think, I, I guess I'll get to the rest of it, but Tennessee opened at uh, minus six and a half, uh, and then the look ahead was Tennessee minus five and a half. So um, I, I, I don't know, from just from the look ahead, Specifically, you know, they bump up Tennessee a little bit and bring down Cleveland just by the you know, low point adjustment. But I don't think Tennessee showed us anything. I mean, that's kind of what, that Tennessee team is you know kind of what I expected. They maybe played slightly above above that, but I, I, I was obviously on Miami. But uh, and then this Cleveland team, I don't think they should be downgraded a whole lot from before because they already were pretty much rock bottom. But I almost got to the. I almost put in Cleveland plus all those points, uh, you know, 10-plus points against the Patriots at home last week, but I uh, never actually put it in, which I was glad, because as soon as Ketzer got hurt, I said, you know, that they're done, basically. They don't have any chance of winning this game or covering. Uh, Clip, clipboard much... Jesus, Charlie, Charlie Whitehurst, yeah, yeah, uh, wasn't going to get to the window? Yeah, exactly. 
I'm, I'm pretty high on Kessler. I say that every week when I'm watching the games here, I think, and Butters here and whoever else comes over, and I tell them. I'm pretty impressed with Kessler as a whole uh, for being a rookie quarterback like that and taking on what he has to with a pretty p- terrible team. So I think that'd be a, that's a pretty huge downgrade. I mean, not a, point points-wise, not a huge lot, but just everything and in, in considered. But uh, with this one, I think it uh, might be a little Cleveland train again, but I, I do see – Maybe Cleveland take a little bit of money. So if, right now I'm sitting at about seven. So I don't know. I'm gonna pull the trigger at seven, and I don't know if it's gonna get up higher than that either, because I don't know a whole lot of people are gonna be back in Tennessee laying a touchdown. Yeah, I uh, I can't believe Tennessee's laying a full touchdown to somebody, but if it was gonna be yeah. somebody. I guess it'd have to be to Cleveland. And uh, I think I think I've had money on Cleveland every single week, and uh, along with they've had a ton of sharp support all year long. And uh, did you have money on Cleveland last week? Yep, I t- took some ten and uh, ten. I had a little bit on ten, and then I took some more ten and a half. And uh, well, I had the know. over in that game, so when Kessler got hurt, I was you know, almost tearing up my ticket because I just knew that there's nothing, nothing's really going to happen. But I, they might have had a chance to cover in there, or a decent chance if he oh. went to got hurt. I believe. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it was my strongest bet I've ever made by any means, but with Whitehurst in there, he's just so <laughs> so bad. Like I. It was on. It was, I mean, I basically, I wrote the game off, kind of like I didn't quite rip up my ticket, but I, I put a couple, couple little uh, rips in there and set it aside down on the ground, and uh, it was just, just uh, the couple times I did glance back at that TV, I, I moved that to specifically to the side TV, just so I, even though I, there was only seven games going in the early session, and I had the eight TVs lined up there. There's one that's completely on the side that's kind of a little bit out of the way, and I left a blank one in front of me just so I could move that one to the side because I just got frustrated watching Whitehurst. And uh, yeah, I don't understand that ponytail. I kind of hope he runs for some time <laughs> and gets tackled by the ponytail. I thought you were growing one of those thing. out. I was working on it, but then I realized <laughs> it looked like a buffoon, so I cut it. <laughs> I mean, it was so uh, – yeah, anyway. But, yeah, um, and the, the sad part is, is they did get that one touchdown there fairly late, and they they opened up the back door. Just they just nudged the back door open, and they just needed one more to to sneak into the ten. But of course, they ended up getting it done. And you know, I basically knew the bet was doomed from the beginning there. But uh, so, but I have been kind of surprised that usually with like the Jacksonville's a couple of years ago when they were just you know the worst team in the league, they they would get some support or some sharp support. But it wouldn't be every week because there's just some spots where they're unbettable. But I think there's been a good amount of sharp money every single week on Cleveland so far. And uh, I don't know what – I'm not exactly sure what their record is, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I've lost more than I won with them this year. So I think this might be a week, even though I can't believe Tennessee is laying seven. Um, I think it might be a week where I just stay away from them and, and uh, kind of sit on the sidelines well, and spectate. Well, you know, that's gonna, they're going to win outright probably. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, I'd say uh, if you think – Tennessee is a lock winner if you're going to try to tease them down to one or you know half or whatever I'd be be a little bit weary of, of teasing the Tennessee team um so yeah just uh definitely don't uh, think that that's a, a lock by any means but so all right uh the last one o'clock or the last early game we got here one o'clock eastern is uh Philadelphia at Washington and my uh guess for this one was Philly minus one and a half what'd you have uh, I nudged you. I had Philly minus one, and my power rating was this game at a pick, and the open was actually at Washington minus one, um, and the look ahead was a pick. And now we're seeing a lot of basically an exact repeat of what happened last week uh, with Philadelphia and Detroit. The Detroit open or was the look ahead, and it opened at like Detroit minus one last week, and it moved all the way up 
to through three and it closed at like three and a half, which is what I got it at. Um, we're pretty much seeing blueprints of that this week. It, you know, open Washington one. And now we're seeing some you know, anywhere from one and a half to all the way up to three with uh, juice towards the the dog. I mean, sorry, uh, yeah, juice towards the dog. So it's um, kind of crazy how it's pretty much the exact repeat of that. Um, I don't know. This is a game that's tough for me. I don't really know what I like. I think I, I think I kind of lean Philadelphia, but at this point, when you already got a worse number like that, I don't know if I really want to be hopping in and coming late to the party because that's not really how I operate. Uh, so I don't know if I want to be laying the bad number here. So we'll see uh, see if I change my mind throughout the week. I guess. Yep. Um, I ended up I ended up jumping on Philly at at two, even though you know we're getting potentially you know, whatever it's three points i guess the worst of it yeah. but at least i don't know it was, wasn't uh it wasn't super widely available for a long time from uh from the the outs i had so I'd, no yeah it definitely wasn't so i got the worst of it a little bit but i also think i feel pretty strongly this will probably get up to three or maybe even higher by kick um and there might be a little buyback on washington but it's hard to imagine there's not going to be a majority of the money on Philly. And uh, basically, I I've, I was somewhat impressed with uh, with Wentz, even in the loss, um, and Philly overall as a team. Like They kind of got punched in the mouth there um, at the beginning of that game against Detroit and uh, you know, kind of came out a little dead there out of their bye. And um, Douglas was a pretty big hole, but they did fight back, and they were in position there late to win. So I was, even though they lost and didn't cover, I was still uh, pretty impressed by them. And uh, Washington, I was on them last week getting four, and they ended up winning the game 16-10 to 10, uh, against Baltimore, but I didn't come away from that game really impressed with them at all. Um, yeah, Baltimore just, definitely should have won that game, in my opinion. They had a lot of missed opportunities and a lot of different, not that they should have covered by any means, yeah, but I think no. they should have won the game outright. Yeah, I, I agree. It wasn't like Washington went out there and impressed me. It was more Baltimore kept shooting themselves in the foot and weird weird stuff was happening and Washington just have to be able, happened to be the one standing there at the end. So um, I didn't upgrade Washington at all for that, even though I cashed on them, and I upgraded Philly even though I bet against them and cashed against them. So I think in this one, uh, I just I think Washington's defense is really poor. Even though they only gave up 10 points last week to Baltimore, their defense is just really, really subpar. And uh, Philly's, I think Philly's overall team is just pretty solid. There's, I don't think they do anything necessarily exceptionally, but I also don't think they have a whole lot of holes. Whereas Washington, you could potentially get erratic Cousins play. Um, you know, Jones is, you know, pretty mediocre in my opinion as a running back. And you know, they're, I like the their tight end Reed is pretty good, but uh, the receivers I don't think are spectacular, and I think overall their defense isn't great. And I'm not a big Gruden fan, so I'm um, just uh, even. <laughs> it's kind of funny how down I am on a team I just bet on last week, but that just goes to show you how much a number can sway your opinion. And uh, so I'm on uh, I'm on Philly this week. I I feel fairly strongly about them, and I think it'll probably get to three by the end of the week. Got any opinion on that total? That 45, or I mean, sorry, uh, 44 and a half or 45. I guess I'd I maybe lean over, but interdivision games like this with two teams that know each other so well, they usually tend to be a little bit lower scoring and uh, you know harder fought because they are the the most important uh, types of games. And uh, Washington, like I said, I think Washington's a little bit of an over team with how bad their defense is, and and Cousins can be on. He can score points, or even if he's really off, he can 
you know, score points for their team by turning it over a bunch. But uh, Philly, I think Philly's, they seem kind of neutral to me. Like, I think they can put up points, but they can also shut teams down fairly well. So, uh, I was, I don't know, at 45, I guess I'd slightly lean over, but it looks like there's been a little bit of under money, too, already. So, I don't definitely know. Oh, yeah, Chris, opened it. Chris opened it, like, I saw 46.5. Now they're down to 44.5. Okay, so, so yeah. I mean, if, I have... if it continues to move down, if, like, it gets down, if it subs below 44, I mean, I'm going to be in the, I like the over a lot, too. But at, even maybe even 44, I'll be looking at it, but I don't know if it's going to. I won't be surprised if I saw a little bit of buyback or it goes up a little bit to the 45 range uh, yeah. across the board. And then also on that, like, if you feel strongly about something or you think the market's just gone way too far, you can buy back the other way and find some value. But it's also another lesson I think that I've learned uh, the hard way, unfortunately, is even if, if you have a little bit of an opinion on something or – but you see a strong market movement that's clearly sharp action because there's you know the pub, the public's not jumping in here and betting this total under on a you know Monday Tuesday, so you know that that's some sharp some sharp money coming from somewhere. So sometimes if you you just gotta kind of you know tip your cap and and uh, respect the uh, the sharp money wherever it's coming from, even if you don't totally understand it, and just kind of say, well, I'm not exactly sure where they're going with here, but. I respect whoever's doing this, you know, making this move enough to where I'll just uh, sit this one out because you don't, uh, you know, you're not forced to bet it. But well, that's uh, kind of what I did with, kind of with Cincy last week. I didn't see that at all. I, I like Dallas a decent amount, but I saw a bunch of sharp support and everybody I listened to, you know, it's on Cincy, and I just didn't see it. And obviously that I was completely right in that. And and people, you know, so I mean, I agree with you, but it's at the same time, it's not like that's you know, obviously it's not always the case, but. Uh, a lot of times, you know, looking at maybe they're not not doing the eye test and going off a bit all statistics baits or something. But like, yeah, since he was a perfect example of the contrary to that last week. But you know, I I hear you in general. Yeah, yeah. It's obviously, not every time by any means. But uh, just you don't. Wanna, I don't know. It's uh, people. A lot of sharp people moving numbers. You don't want to necessarily be going head to head with them all the time either, because you're uh, you know going to be banging your head against the wall. So if you feel strongly, I, I don't think it should discourage you from betting it all together. But if you only feel slightly, you know, lean towards it and where I might bet it for some amount of money. Um, normally this would be enough to kind of keep me off of it. Um, so, all right. Uh, yeah, we got, uh, the, uh, late games here. It looks like there's only three this week, which I talked a little bit about last week. I hate that how there's, you know, nine early or whatever it is. And, and then there's three late, but, uh, luckily a lot of the early games are just not even worth watching pretty much anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is kind of a dud of a card overall. So the the first afternoon game here, we got Kansas City at Oakland. You got Kansas City coming off their bye and uh, Oakland off that uh, high-scoring shootout there against San Diego. Um, on this one, I guessed it was going to be Oakland minus three. I figured just a flat three because the teams were seemed to be fairly equal. What uh, would you have? Um, I had this one. I had Oakland minus one. Uh, my power rating, I had it as a pick, and the open was Oakland minus one, and the look ahead was Oakland minus one and a half. Uh, but this one, I don't really know. I just, there's a little bit of support here, I think, for Kansas City. I think a lot of that probably has to do with Andy Reid coming off a bye because I think that uh, statistically over the span of his coaching career, I think, is a really good proposition, um, just strictly going off of that. Uh, but uh, Oakland has been playing decent, but I, I'm not overly impressed with Oakland. And uh, but I'm not I'm not too high on Kansas City either, so I think, my power range right there. Um, everything matches up, and 
it's kind of in that no man's land of you know a pick with juice to orange oakland or one or one and a half somewhere in there so i think that's a pretty easy stay away for me yeah i uh i i was gonna say that as well the andy reed coming off a buy angle because i think that is um cause for a lot of the the support for kansas city here along with the fact that oakland historically hasn't been a team that's handled success well and now they're coming off was it three wins in a row now or or something along those lines and so they're they're a team you know you'd you'd like to get them in a bounce back spot where they're you know kind of hearing how bad they are as opposed to rolling along and hearing how good of a squad they are and uh, then you combine that with the the Andy Reid coming off a bye factor after what was the last game Kansas City played was that uh, the one where they got embarrassed by the Patriots I think let me uh, question I don't even know. Let me look that up uh, here while. But well, I was going to say while he's doing that, I, I do have a small lean towards the under. Uh, nothing crazy, but that's the way I would look in this total. It looks like I can, I can get a forty-seven and a half at one of my outs here. Uh, but the market's pretty much at forty-six and a half or forty-seven. But I don't know if I'll get to the window or not because I do like getting that that forty-eight there. And that's a pretty decent key number for a total. But uh, I don't think it's going to be going up. But if it, if it does, or maybe even it just stays where it's at, I might be on the under. Oh, yeah, no, not. Okay, my bad. Yeah, it wasn't uh, New England. It was another powerhouse team in the AFC, but uh, Pittsburgh on that Monday night game. Um, oh, yeah, right. They, uh, yeah, the Chiefs got embarrassed in that one, 43 to 14, and uh, then going into their bye. So when, you, when you're when you a team that's, you know, mediocre to, to above average team, and you get embarrassed like that on primetime, and then you have a whole week to, to work at it and, you know, to stew on that that's more often than not that team's going to come out pretty fired up and uh and uh in pretty good pretty good shape so i uh when you combine that with the andy reed factor with the uh oakland not handling success well uh i think the the market support here for the early support for kansas city makes quite a bit of sense and i don't know if i'll quite get there myself because i do think oakland's uh somewhat significantly of a better better team than Kansas City. But uh I think that those conflicting factors will kinda of keep me off the game. And I would agree I would lean towards your under as well because I think Kansas City is a little bit of an under team and this is another interdivision game, but Oakland's such a such a high scoring team that uh it'd be pretty pretty tough for me to take take one of their games under just with how bad their defense is and how many points their offense can put up. But um I can I can understand where you're coming from on that one. Yeah, you're afraid of the gunslinger Alex Smith with that poor defense he's going against. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's uh, it's you know the uh, the movable object versus the resistible force. Something's uh, something's got to give there. Um, anyway, the next uh, afternoon game we got is Atlanta at Seattle. Uh, my guess on this one, I had Seattle seven. Um. Oh. Okay, I, I thought it was different, but uh, anyway, I had Seattle at minus three. My power rating was Seattle minus three. Uh, it opened at Seattle seven, and the look at it was Seattle seven. Um, I, I took a – this is the first game I bet once I saw it on uh, Sunday afternoon. I got a uh, Seattle at seven, which is where it was, and then the market quickly shifted to through seven, six and a half, and I saw some sixes pop up. Uh, and right now that's pretty much where it's at. It's either at six or six and a half. I don't know. 
I don't know how it didn't get adjusted a little. I was, I'm pretty low on Atlanta, uh, but after last week, I think it was a pretty impressive win, so I had to upgrade my power range a little bit. Um, and I'm not too high on Seattle. I didn't I haven't really look, liked anything they've done pretty much all year. They just have been, and the the, the buy is going to help them quite a bit. So this is a, a pretty good spot for Seattle uh, situation wise, coming off a buy at home. Um, and then Atlanta's not in that great of a spot with you know traveling uh, west west a couple times here. So I, I get that and everything, but still, just uh, with the if you just take talent wise into it, uh, I, I think this is a, this line's too high. And I did release it as a play. I, like I said, I got it at seven, which I like quite a bit. I don't like it quite as much at six and a half, but I did still release it as a play. Uh, so we'll kind of see where the market moves. Uh, it's kind of sitting pretty consistently at six, six and a half, like I said. Okay, yeah, I uh, no, I, I misread that one actually. I, I did get six, so I was a little bit low on it as well. Um, I had it uh, written down there in the wrong place, but uh, anyway, I I I'm not uh, haven't been on high on Atlanta all year long, and uh, I really haven't been high on Seattle all year long either. And uh, but I finally started to give Atlanta a little bit more credit, um, but just situationally, yeah, it's uh, it's not. Not a great spot for Atlanta after they fly to Denver and beat a 4-0 team, look really good in doing it, pretty much dominate. Then they go back home. Now they're flying back to the Pacific Northwest and uh, a really long road trip up to Seattle, coming off a bye, and probably you know resting and healing up a little bit. It's uh, just I think pretty horrible situational spot here for Atlanta. So I I think the on strict value, it's yeah, it's uh, too high, but. Uh, I think the situation is enough to kind of keep me off because I don't really feel like laying six and a half with Seattle. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just uh, I don't think the situation really calls for taking Atlanta either. And uh, so for me, I'll probably uh, stay away from this one, too. Seems like I've yeah. been saying that a lot on these games this week, but uh, there just hasn't been a whole lot that's really jumped out to me so far. Yeah, nah, yeah just like you said, six, you know, six or six and a half, it's not like I'm in love with it. I'd still... A strong lead towards Atlanta, but at seven I like it a lot more. I think, and obviously the market agree with that because there was just a few sevens that popped up right when the card opened or when the numbers were released, and those were quickly bought up. Uh, so I bought one of those up, so I feel decent with that in, in my in my pocket. But yeah, we'll see if the market if it goes back to seven again, which I would assume any time it gets to a seven, if it does get there ever, it'd be bought up pretty quickly by uh, a sharp. But I don't know. I guess we'll I guess we'll see because I don't know. It, I might be on the wrong side here with uh, you know the public you know, public and the square. Uh, from the sharps, so it looks like there's more sharp money from what I'm seeing on Seattle, uh, which I don't necessarily agree with. So I might be uh, might be on the public side here, but that, you know that's fine. Sometimes if I you know, don't feel the same as whatever. Yeah, no, I, I think from a you know straight value standpoint, it's hard to argue with seven. Um, so I, I I can understand that. I'll myself, I probably won't be involved, but I can uh, I can see where you're coming from there. Uh, so the last of the afternoon games is Dallas uh, against Green Bay. And on this one, I had Green Bay minus four was my guess. Yeah, this one I had Green Bay minus three and a half. My power rating for this game was Green Bay minus three. The open was Green Bay minus four and a half. And the look ahead was six and a half Green Bay. So that's uh, a little bit of an adjustment there, uh, which I I agree with. That's why even my power rating I had a three. Uh, I'm not super high on Dallas, but especially after that big win against Cincinnati, which I don't even think they're that great of a team like we already mentioned. But um, I, I, Green Bay looks – I said that kind of at the start of the podcast when we were doing that top five. But Green Bay, I think, has a lot of flaws. They don't – they're not 
they, they kind of have parts of the that they used to have the the shininess and you know the flashes of brilliance but they also have a lot of flaws i think and that, that i don't i don't put too much credit in that giants team and they had some it was a pretty sloppy game i thought that sunday night game so i i don't i think green bay's a little bit overvalued personally uh but it's just not really a good spot it doesn't really suit well for dallas just i think they're eventually here going to start having some more turnovers they've been winning turnover battles which ultimately usually wins the games won or winning games so i think eventually they're going to start leaking a little bit and not look quite as good the one thing I want that's kind of interesting about this game is they have the game against Green Bay here for Dallas, and then they go into a bye, and then supposedly Tony Romo is going to be healthy again. So it's kind of strange to say, but Dak Prescott's been playing pretty outstanding. But in a sense, this game's almost for his starting job because if he plays, goes out and plays pretty bad or starts throwing some interceptions, I think it's be pretty clear cut that Romo's going to get the job. Whereas if he goes out and plays pretty outstanding, they you know take care of business at Green Bay on the road like this. It's pretty hard to take him out and you know put in Romo. So that kind of strange to say that, and you know this point in the season with someone that's played pretty outstanding, but I think that's kind of the case here. Yeah, um, I. <laughs> It's the I think the, the the Dallas quarterback situation is is pretty pretty fascinating for the most part because I've I've been a Romo guy or you know Romo fan for um, basically his whole career I think he's taken a lot more heat than he should have and I've I've usually you know defended him when it comes to uh, any you know people giving him heat but uh, it's also you know it's kind of hard to argue with what what Prescott's doing even I I was pretty hesitant to buy into him right away but he's uh, he's you know, he's been playing pretty well, and I've been giving him credit for it. And I think Romo, at this point in time in their careers, is you know a better quarterback and has a higher you know ability level. But you also got to look at you know does that going to affect team chemistry if you know they're rolling along and then they change quarterbacks like that? You know, and people you know it's just a little more foreign to him, even though they're you know familiar with Romo as a whole. He hasn't hasn't been quarterbacking him now for you know. Uh, almost a year and uh, not only that was he going to come back from injury um, feeling perfectly fine and able to do everything that he's always been able to so it's uh, it's an interesting decision there for the Dallas front office and like you said from uh, Dak's perspective it will put a little bit of pressure on him to make sure he plays well because if he does have an implosion game and then they sit there and stew on it going into their bye that's uh, it's uh, you know it's, it's a lot of time for him to talk themselves into for sure making the switch back to Romo if there was a question about it going into it. Uh, and, the, and the vice versa, if he comes out and plays this game really, really well, then that's going to give him a lot of time to you know, talk themselves out of putting Romo back in there if uh, that's what their plan was all along. So I'm uh, kind of curious to see how this game plays out. I uh, I think the uh, when I first saw this game, I was like, we got two super public teams here in Dallas and Green Bay. You know, who's, who's going to be overvalued more? But it's hard to have two overvalued when they're playing each other. So, um, I think yeah. four is, you know, four, four and a half right in there is about right. And I think it might even be a little, a touch too high, but, uh, I just, yeah, I think, uh, Dallas has a little bit more potential for a letdown than Green Bay does. So for me, it's, uh, I don't really, I just don't really have an opinion, I guess, again. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I do think money's going to come in on the over here right now. It's in at 47 or 47 and a half. I don't think I'm going to be betting on it, but. I, I would assume that there's going to be some public money putting it over, or at least I don't know if it's going to move, I guess, but I'm, I'm assuming a lot of public money is going to come on the over, but I don't really agree with that. I think, if anything, Dallas has more chance of putting it over than Green Bay, just from the looks of, I think Green Bay's defense is slightly better than they've, you know, have, you know, their, you know, whatever you want to call it, just what their 
outlook is and your perspective is in general. Uh, but I think their offense is it's pretty far down. They just don't look quite as – everything is not in sync. So I guess we'll see what happens with the total. But, yeah, I don't really have any opinion either either way on this game. Yeah, I think that's – not necessarily – I don't know if I would get there in this game. But, um, yeah, Green Bay's offense still has that, you know, sex appeal to it that you referred to earlier and people think, you know, Rodgers and – and everything, and you know they'll they'll be putting up a ton of points, and they don't really give their defense a whole lot of credit. But I do agree that I think their defense is uh, better than most people think, and their offense is kind of a tick down. So there might be some value bet some Green Bay unders here um, in the in the near future. So that's uh, something to be aware of, and especially this is a um, you know spotlight afternoon game where a lot of people are going to be watching it, especially when there's only a couple other games going. So um, especially you know people start losing on the early games and. They uh, look to press a little bit, get back in the spotlight afternoon game. You know, there might be a lot of a lot of stuff tied to the over here. So if it creeps up, um, you know, up through 48, you know, even potentially through 49, then uh, I'd really be uh, intrigued here in the under. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, that's uh, that's it for the afternoon games. So the uh, Sunday night affair is Indianapolis at Houston. And this one, my guess was Houston minus four. What did you have? This one I had Houston minus two and a half. My power rating was Houston minus two. The Westgate opened Houston uh, three with Juice minus one twenty, and the locate was Houston minus three and a half. So this game I don't really have any any problems with it at all. Um, I, I you know whatever. I don't really want to be back in Indianapolis here. I mean, they got kind of squeaked by there last week, and Houston's just kind of a I mean, crapshoot in my eyes. So I don't know. I, I probably lean Houston here at home, just pretty much just fading Indianapolis, but I wouldn't feel too strong about it. So I think it's pretty. I'm just gonna be staying away. I think in uh, the total, I don't really have a whole lot of opinion there. It's kind of 46, 46 and a half. So I think it's total stay away here for the Sunday night game. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going back to well again. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got my rope. I uh, got my bucket all tied up, and uh, I'm gonna start hoisting her down here. Um, I uh, like I'm betting against Indianapolis again. I mean, I've already done it. Um, I already released it as a play uh, on RonSports.com, and uh, I just I don't think there's any teams any good. I, th- I think they're uh, even though they ended up winning and covering last week uh, against Chicago, I'd, I mean, I you try not to be stubborn in one of these. You try to you know honestly evaluate your games, and uh, there's a couple games I won where I. Didn't even think they were great bets, and one that I, you know, a couple that I lost that I didn't even think were great bets. But I think last week betting, and I, I don't even think Chicago was that great. And the main, the main handicap there was betting against Indianapolis, and there wasn't a whole lot I saw from them that made me change my opinion on that. And uh, now you're getting them off a win, going on the road uh, against a Houston team that got embarrassed last week uh, at Minnesota. Um, I think they should be, you know, primed for a pretty good effort. And uh, Indianapolis defense is just, just brutal. And uh, other than luck, um, I just their offensive line's pretty bad. He was getting beat up a decent amount again against Chicago, who I don't think has that great of a defense. And the, you know, even though Houston did get embarrassed by Minnesota last week, they did have a decent amount of success uh, creating some pressure on Bradford. So I think. Um, against that NDO line, uh, especially in a primetime game like this. Uh, you know, that crowd should be fired up, and they should be able to to get some pressure there against Luck. So if they can, you know, beat him up pretty good or, uh, you know, make him make a mistake or two, um, 
I think this could be a potential get-right game for their offense, so only laying a field goal, I think uh, that's not a bad bet. And especially, I think there might be, this is one where I just kind of flat-out disagree with uh, some of the early movement here. So if it does go potentially go down below three, um, then I'd really be strong on it if it gets down to two-and-a-half or less. Uh, no. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, it looks like, just from my numbers here, it looks like there's quite a bit of sharp support for Houston and the under, uh, and a lot of you know, public on the other side of both those, kind of uh, more so than not, So, uh, which kind of makes sense to, uh, to me. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the last game here is the uh, Monday night is the Jets at Arizona, and on this one I guessed Arizona minus seven. Um, yeah, this one, yeah, there's... Oh, is there, I guess, what did this, I don't even have anything that this opened at because it wasn't there when I, what did this game open at here? I, well, I guess, first of all, I had Arizona uh, minus four and a half and Arizona minus five, but that was with uh, a health, that was with uh, Drew Stanton as quarterback, and I put in my notes that Palmer's worth three points, so if I just do the math to adjust that, I put uh, Arizona at seven and a half, and uh, my power range at Arizona minus eight. So yeah, it looked um, like it opened about seven and a half. Okay, so yeah, like I said, that was my original power rating on Sunday afternoon is with uh, Drew Stanton. But but yeah, so right now it looks like there's some early market support for Arizona, uh, seven and a half, eight, and um, I don't know if I, I can't really disagree with that. I think I'd be leaning Arizona here. Uh, just basically completely fading the Jets. I don't I don't think I'm gonna be getting to the window, but I don't know if I even want to take the Jets no matter with this many points even. I think Arizona is significantly better at home than they are on the road. Uh, so in a big game like this, I think it might see a little bit bigger of an effort for Arizona, but I don't know if I can still you know want to lay that many points. So I think I'd probably just be staying away again. Yeah, I uh, I agree with the majority of what you said there. I think the the Jets are. Not completely unbackable, but they're, as I said, you know, last week with Fitzpatrick just not taking care of the ball at all and the whole team just kind of being in somewhat in disarray and they didn't show me anything against Pittsburgh last week that makes me change my mind on that. It's just, I think this line's probably two points too high, but uh, yeah, I exactly. still don't. Like base, yeah. Yeah, I still just want think i don't really want to back the jet so almost like the san francisco buffalo game i think the line's a little inflated but i don't have enough confidence in taking the dog and but i also obviously have no interest in laying a few extra points with the favorite so to me it's potentially tease down arizona if you can tease them down below three um or just and i don't have really an opinion on the total so and like i do think arizona They've been a little rocky, obviously, at the start of the year, but I do think they're just a much more quality team than the Jets are overall. So, uh, to me, it's, uh, you know, we'll see if the line does anything and maybe potentially tease down Arizona. But uh, even though it's a primetime game, you don't, uh, you know, no one's forcing you to play it. So, probably be another pass for me. Yeah, I agree. So, all right, that that concludes all the the games for the week. Now let's uh, jump into a... A quick concept corner here. Now, clear your head as we back into concept corner. All right, so for this week's concept corner, uh, we're basically uh, going to continue what I just uh, talked about there uh, to wrap up the the last game. Was uh, a major factor that uh, I think a lot of amateur betters uh, kind of undervalue or they don't uh, fully 
uh, appreciate and is the terms of from a from a betting standpoint is you don't have to bet on every game like you can uh, I mean obviously it, it's uh, you can be more selective and only only find games where you really see value don't uh, just bet on everything just to have action unless you're just doing it for really small amounts of money and you're only just betting for entertainment but the the one of the biggest advantages uh, your a better has against the bookie or the you know sports book is the fact that they have to put out a line for every game and whether they feel strongly about it whether they don't really know where exactly to put it and uh they have to put out a line on every single game side in total so and no matter you know, how strongly they feel they still have to take you know a significant uh amount of bet uh per bet on it so if you uh if you like something you can go ahead and hammer it and if you don't like anything you can just pass the game and a lot of amateurs betters will make mistakes on primetime games where you know it's the standalone game and they really want action on it because they're going to watch it or you know they're going to a game or something and you know it's fine if you want to put you know a small bet in there that's pretty insequential if you win if that's what you're just trying to do is add to the entertainment but if you're actually trying to profit long term whether a game's played on Monday night or, you know, a random game on the Sunday, it uh, shouldn't have any factor in whether you're more or less likely to bet it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that kind of to coincide with what we were saying last week with those betting terms we kind of threw out, threw out at you pretty quick, which maybe was a little overwhelming, but kind of just want to get them out there. But uh, if you know, they had to put up every game or most of the time they, do, they will, uh, and even some games when they don't even know for example, with a Carolina game, they didn't know last week. They didn't know who was playing quarterback. Even right now, they still don't know. So they're going to wait as long as they can. But eventually, like by the weekend, usually, they're going to have to come up with some line. So they kind of just have to make a judge, okay, how healthy is this quarterback? What's his chance of playing? And then we'll kind of put the line somewhere in between. Like in Carolina's case, uh, Derek Anderson playing and Cam Newton just kind of you know put somewhere in between there from what they think it should be and kind of hope. But then along with that, they're going to limit how much you can bet. So, uh, if anything, that shows a sign of how scared they are. Because if they're taking low limits, that just means we're just gonna. If we see somebody come in, we'll, we'll let, let them bet this month, and we can move the line. Because so I, I move lines here constantly. Um, you know, Vegas shops and everything like that. I'll put bets in, and you know, quickly they'll be moving. You know, half a point, or you know, in baseball case or money line, they'll move it. You know, ten, twenty cents after I put a bet in. So it's not like it's. Uh, you know, it's not like we're dealing with something that's, you know, some higher power or something like that. It's definitely pretty, uh, you know, movable and definitely, you know, you're able to influence the market and stuff like that. So it's, uh, yeah, like, like Frank said, they're depending on the game, they're lower limits and they're, they're forced to put up the games at, at least at some point during the week. So yeah, take advantage of that, but you don't have to, you're not forced to bet every game. So yeah, just yeah, pick your spots and, uh, you know, move aggressively, but stay within your bankroll constricts or you know confines um, when you do. But uh, yeah, it's uh, sometimes the best bets you make are the ones you don't, so you're uh, you're not forced to. And uh, so now let's uh, wrap up the podcast here, and we'll uh, both give our AS picks of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right, so uh, Rob, you're what three and zero now? I believe so. So let's. Uh, I mean, you still got the T. It's uh, it's hard to take it from you here. And uh, let's see if you can make it four zero. What? Uh, where are you looking at this week? Might be a bad sign the way I was driving the ball earlier today. Uh, but uh, teeing it up. But 
I think I kind of talked myself into it here uh, during the podcast. I think I'm I'm going to look towards not I'm gonna, I don't have a play release for it yet, but I kind of alluded to it. I think I'm going to lean and put my play on the AS pick of the week here on the Pittsburgh Miami under. And right now I'm seeing some 48s and 47 and a half, so I don't know if we just graded at a 48 or what. Yeah, I think there's plenty of 48s still available at this moment, so I think it's uh, perfectly fair to grade it at a, an under 48. All right, so yeah, I'm going to go with that, although I'm not, uh, like like we said before, it's not like I'm saying lock of the week or anything like that, but that's what I'm going to go with this week and see what happens. All right. Well, I uh, I last week I had that uh, Chicago that ended up losing, um, as I already stated, so that drops me to one and two on the year, so now I'm two games back of you. So I got, uh, got some more ground to make up, but as a whole – um, on the podcast here for our picks of the week, we're four and two. So you know, as a group, we're really knocking it out here. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm uh, I'm debating between a couple here. Um, I I like I already bet Philadelphia and re- and released that on the site at under field goal. I think that's a, a really strong bet. And and I did bet the Rams, but uh, I think I'm gonna have to gonna have to go back to that well and uh take houston oh boy minus three against yeah. indy um so uh, there's still a lot of threes available at uh at minus 110 juice so that's uh what we'll grade that one at and uh hopefully i'm not cursing indy's name next week yeah so i'm uh, not to be too hard on frank or whatever just to you know to be fair uh the as pick of the week's kind of just one one pick that we have uh small sample size type small sample size type of thing but if you do look at our plays page uh we're actually both uh 10 and 7 this year at what is that about a 58 uh almost 59 percent uh mark uh he's up about 1.42 units and i'm up a little bit more than that about 2.2 just because he had that two unit play on uh, chicago last last week uh, and then overall since dating back to last year i had my plays on it from the 2015 season so I'm, if i would have won that st louis game i would have hit the 60 percent mark which uh, it's pretty tough to do so hopefully i continue going doing that uh for through the season or both of us will continue because that's uh, we're both hitting it pretty good so uh to give credit there so even though we're, he's one and two here on the pick of the week so overall he's done pretty well this year and uh also to further explain that with you um by looking at by putting all your plays in on uh, on our own sports um you can track them you know by by sport by you know um, how strong your play was by you know half total whatever type of bet you can do you can look at you can break it down and actually evaluate you know what what percent you're at how many units you're up what types of bets you're doing the best at and a lot of times self you know reflection and evaluation can be the most important tool is if there's something you're not you know doing particularly well at if you're getting hammered on sides betting which team's going to win but you're crushing totals you know over unders um you know it's kind of dumb to keep banging your head against the wall instead of just specializing in what you're good at so it can be valuable to not only know exactly how much you're winning or losing but also where you're doing the best at by keeping track of it, uh, you know, either on your own or at uh, roansports.com. You've made it really easy and done a great job developing the website. So um, I think more people should be uh, utilizing that. Yeah, and I want to put on the on mine. I have all my NFL plays because you can you can specify a start date and end date in the filter that I put on our on our past performance page there for the picks for me and Frank. Um, he only has this season up, but 
Um, I'm going to put in here sometime here when I get some time, I'm going to put a filter in for the year so you can, you know, specify it by current year, you know, like the 2015 season or the 2016, you know, so forth. So I'm going to be doing that because that's, that's the one luxury when I'm a developer and have my own company with their own designs. I, I mean, if something I don't like or something I want to add, I can just go into the code and, you know, and do that and take an hour or two and fix it or whatever I need to do. So that is the nice, the beauty of being able to do it myself. So and if you have any other suggestions or, or comments or want anything else, you know, let me know. And the site's not perfect. There's still some bugs in here and, and there, but, you know, try to fix stuff uh, when I can and everything else. So, yeah, just let us know. Uh, and then on top of that, I want to say uh, for Concept Corner in the future, uh, if you do have any questions about terms or anything and basically anything you want to know about sports betting or the markets or just let us know uh text us or email us on the site or you know whatever let us know and we can uh you know go over some of those and you know try to help everybody figure out anything that they're a little bit in the dark about yeah and just as one closing thought, um, thought here before we wrap it up um also uh, you, by you know tracking your bets on the site doesn't mean that you necessarily even have to bet them but if you're just kind of curious like oh i wonder how i could do you know, over the course of a season or, you know, if I could make money doing this, it doesn't hurt to, you know, take it seriously, basically just do a mock, you know, season or however long you want to do it and put your bets in there and, and then it tracks them for you automatically. And you can see instead of just saying like, oh, I'm, you know, I think I could do this, you could actually have some actual data to back it up and some results of how you've been able to do and then have definitive numbers for potentially, you know, looking to invest either more or at all in the future. So... Yeah, definitely. So, anyway, well, thanks for uh, jumping on the pod with me, Rob. Uh, best of luck to you here in week six, and uh, hopefully you can keep that uh, keep that undefeated mark going there in the, on the picks of the week. And and if you don't, hopefully I can at least get mine to get one game closer to you. Yeah, it sounds like you're uh, trying to jinx me there. <laughs> Not at all. A little, competi- little competitive nature coming out of you, but no, that's fine. We'll see what, we'll see what happens for the weekend. Uh yeah, not the not the best card necessarily, but we'll see if we can extract a little bit of value here and enjoy the the playoffs here tonight too for MLB. I don't know if anybody's following that, but I got a few bets and futures and stuff going on in the MLB playoffs. So hopefully, I can make a little bit of money on that. Yep, absolutely. Well, have a good week here, Rob, and uh, we'll talk to you again here soon. Thank you for listening to the Around Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.